Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. They are going to have an open house, and I'll, I'll fill you in on when that's going to happen. They're finalizing the date and the time. They're going to have an open house in their new facility. They've just moved across the street from where they were, and I stepped in just a part of it on Friday for a minute, and it's beautiful, and I'm so excited for the ministry that's happening um, with Portico. And so we were excited to be a part of that. And then on Friday night, I laughed. I talked to the Masseys this morning. I said, you guys do anything fun this weekend? And Levi said, you know, this little thing on Friday night, um, Jeremy and I got to be a part of our first vow renewal, uh, with Jen and Levi. And it was a sweet time in their home. Yeah. Um, a sweet time of, of, looking back over the last five years for them and where God has brought them and what God is doing in their hearts and in their lives. So we're just super excited for them. Um, lots of other meetings and appointments and things that have happened this week. And uh, we are excited. We'll be filling you in on some of those things here in the coming days in one second. As we prepare this morning, sorry, I'm like, as I get up here to start talking, I sound like I'm hoarse. Okay. Um, so this morning we're going to talk about something, but what I want you to do, we're going to turn the lights up and I want you to share with each other, um, about a time that, uh, someone did something for you that they didn't have to do, but it, it just stood out to you. Something that was so nice, something that was done. Yeah. By choice rather than obligation. All right, ready? So find somebody around you and I want you to share something someone did for you by choice rather than obligation. They're watching online with us. Feel free to write in the chat. Tell us about something someone's done for you. All right. So tell me when you think of um, that that kind thing that someone did or other kind things that someone did. Tell me words that come to your mind right now. I just want you to shout out the words that come to your mind when you think of those people. Generous. Generous. Thoughtful. Thoughtful. God sent. God sent. Service. Service. Intentional. Kind. Surprising. Surprising. Thoughtful. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. 
I think loyal. Healing, mm. interested, yeah. Connected, caring, a big help. Say that again. Compassionate. A blessing. I think fun sometimes. I think I've had moments in life where I had a friend do something that they were like, let's just go do something fun. Sometimes that's all we need, right? Sometimes we want to cry, but sometimes we just need to do something fun. We've had some fun in the last couple of weeks with the corn maze and guys throwing axe and different things. And Sarah and I were just talking yesterday a little bit about some ways that we can have some more fun here. But I love these words. I love these descriptions. This morning, we're looking at uh, one of my favorite stories. This was one of the first Bible studies that I ever taught when Jeremy and I started in, in ministry was on the book of Ruth with a group of teenage girls. And uh, this morning, we're looking at Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. And let's read. It says, In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's was Naomi. Their two sons were Melon and Kilian. They were Ephratites. Man, some of these words, you guys. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah. Recommend that if you're looking for a baby name. The other, a woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, both Malon and Kilian died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab and return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's homes. May the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why would you go on with me? Can I still give birth to, two other, to other sons who would grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' home, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and if I were to get married tonight and to bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Are, things are far more bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And they wept together again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look. Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. 
Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Then Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, and she said nothing more. This is God's word, and we all say together, thank you, Jesus. I chuckled as I read that at the end of it, where she's like, she saw that she was determined and just said nothing more. Have you ever had that? Like, you, someone says something to you, and they're just so determined, and you're like, fine, let's go. Like, I, I think there's a moment of resolution in Naomi at that moment of, all right, let's go. You're going with me. Ruth loved Naomi dearly. And I'm sure that these women, these three women clung to each other when their husbands died. They are in a foreign land. Naomi's in a foreign land. She's with these, these two women who, I mean, in a way, it wasn't even a, it was like they married foreign women. And so there was, I'm sure there was tensions there. But here's these women, they cling to each other. So when Naomi decides to go home to her family, Ruth finds herself just torn between go back to her family and what she knows or follow Naomi. What was traditional during this time was when, um, when someone would die, you would marry a brother. He would take on the, the, the role of, of marrying and carrying on the family line. Well, there are no more brothers to marry for Naomi or for Ruth. And so here are these, these women who they are not under the care of family in Moab. Um, it's not like today where if someone's spouse dies, you just find a new husband and marry and right. You, you move on, right? Megan's going, yeah. Um, it just, you carry on, but it wasn't like Megan had to go back home to a foreign land to find her husband there. And so this whole dynamic is, it's just tense and it's, um, and Ruth is, Naomi's worried about Ruth. If she comes with me, what will happen to her there? She could have returned to her, her family. She could have found a new husband and married him and lived on happily in her home. Um, but she wanted to make sure that Naomi was taken care of as well. Uh, those who normally, like I said, would have taken care of her would have been her husband or her sons, and they had also died. So Naomi is left with nothing, and she says that. The Lord has raised his fist against me. I'm, I'm a bitter woman. Uh, the story goes on to tell us of how Ruth labors in the fields of Boaz when they get to um, Naomi's homeland. And she, she gathers grain to help feed Naomi and to care for them. She goes to Boaz and bows before him. Boaz is a powerful man. And in that culture, she's asking him for more than she has the rights to. She asks Boaz to save her family, and Boaz marries Ruth, and in doing so, he saves Naomi's name as well. Um, all that Ruth goes through in this whole thing is out of her love for Naomi. Um, in this passage and in the next three chapters, we see examples of deep abiding love. And this love is also called, and I'm, I'm not, if, if some of you speak in Hebrew in here, hey, high five to you, because I don't want to, I'm going to like spit if I try and say it the way it sounds, but it's called hesed, deep abiding love. Um, a side note, hesed is to the Old Testament in a way what, ab what ab I'm sorry, what agape is in the New Testament. Hesed is Ruth coming to Bethlehem with Naomi. It's Ruth laboring in the fields and Ruth visiting the threshing floor of Boaz to ask him to save her family. I have a video I want you to watch. 
tried to describe what God is like, it could be difficult or daunting. But when the people who wrote the Bible pondered the mystery of God, they consistently described God's character in this way, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, overflowing with loyal love and faithfulness. We're going to look at this fourth phrase, loyal love. It translates the Hebrew word chesed, which is hard to translate into any language because it combines the ideas of love, generosity, and enduring commitment all into one. Chesed describes an act of promise-keeping loyalty that is motivated by deep personal care. Like in the story of Ruth, Ruth is a foreigner married to an Israelite man, but tragically her husband dies along with his brother and his father. All Ruth has left is her widowed mother-in-law, Naomi, who has nothing to give her. Naomi tells Ruth she should go back to her people, but instead, Ruth promises to stay by Naomi's side and take care of her. And as other people watch Ruth keep this promise over time, they call it an act of chesed. Notice that Ruth's chesed is not conditional or based on Naomi's worth. Rather, it's an expression of Ruth's character. She just is a generous and loving person who keeps her word. That's chesed. Now, Ruth's loyal love is truly inspiring, but the one who shows the most enduring chesed in the Bible is God. Like in the story about Jacob. So, now you see what I mean, chesed. Say it for just a second. Some of you are like saying it under your breath. All right, ready? One, two, three. Chesed. Well, there you go. Deep abiding love. Chesed is found in the Old Testament 250 times. Do you think it's an important message? I love to look up, when I look up passages of scripture and I look up a theme in, in the Bible, I love to look at how many times that that is brought up in the Bible. Obviously, there's a reason that this is brought up repeatedly. Um, it just, it's often described with words like mercy, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and loyalty. However, um, hesed, none of those words quite do it justice to describe the depth of what this word is. And so there are often times where they use words like loyal love that we just saw, or steadfast love, or loving kindness. It's like if we put two words together, it makes it more important than if we just use one word to describe it, right? And so they're trying, to, they're trying to find adequate words to explain this deep, abiding, loyal love. Um, those last four verses of the passage where she says, wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you live, I'll live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. What does that sound like? A marriage covenant. It's the, in, as I think about that and process it, you know, the marriage covenant is a deep abiding thing. And I, I wish I had known that term when Jeremy and I got married 20, almost 25 years ago. Hesed. That's the kind of love that I ultimately desire with him. And so it, it sounds just like that marriage covenant. She is saying, I am, we are, I'm committed to you. She didn't have to. She could have gone home to her family, but she's like, no, I am committed to this. Ruth took very seriously the relationship with her mother-in-law. So what does hesed love mean for us today? 
Well, it means that we're called to love deeply and wholly. Um, Ruth calls readers to this hesed, valiant love and action on behalf of those who need it most. Love is always embodied by action on behalf of the other in the meeting of human need. Action. It's not just saying, I love you, Jeremy, because I can say that, but I need to show him that I love him. It's not just saying to this church, we love you as your pastors. It's us showing you that we love you as your pastors. It's not just me saying, I love my neighbors. It's me showing my neighbors that I love them. It's putting action behind what I'm saying. Um, I am going to take just a minute. October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And it's kind of funny when your pastor is a pastor and you know, you're partnered with him. So for just a minute, I'm gonna take some bragging rights here. Um, I am married to someone who embodies Hesed. He is a cart grabber, a shelf straightener, a grocery loader for random people, a roadside assistance giver, the neighborhood handyman, that was what he was called this week, um, a back rubber, a hair holder, a hand holder, a wise word giver, a teacher, a pastor, a friend, and a husband who demonstrates to me Hesed love every day. And so I appreciate that in him. What you see up here as he preaches is lived out in him every single day. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. Um, in the movie Patch Adams, Robin Williams said something, a line. He said, every human being has an impact on another. So the question we have to ask ourselves today is, what kind of impact do we have? What kind of impact do we leave on those around us? Is their life better for knowing us? Or not? I have another clip for us to watch. Well, we're stuck down here. We might as well be on another planet. Another planet? Who's your friend who likes to play? Who's your friend who likes to play? His rocket makes you yell, hooray! <laughs> who's the best in every way and wants to sing the song the same? Who's your friend who likes to play? Bing, bong, bing, bong. His rocket makes you yell, hooray! Come on, Joy, one more time. 
I got a feeling about this one. Take her to the moon for me, okay? Bing Bong gave up his method of escape so that his friend could be free. He stayed back to see her go on ahead. He sacrificed for her. Um, Jesus is Hesed love. Jesus died for you and I. He paid the price so that we could be free, so that we could help others find freedom too. He did not just pay the price just, just so that you could be free and live on and never do anything about it. There are people who desperately need to hear that he paid that price for them too. And if we're not willing to share that and to be that and to act on it, it's kind of a shame. When we learn to know Jesus, we desire to love others like he does. Jesus' love for us is extravagant. When I think of Hesed love, I think of extravagance, excellence. Our sacrifices for others don't always have to be huge, extravagant things. They can be, and some of us have sacrificed in that way for others. But sometimes it's the simple thing that makes a difference, you guys. You and I are met with opportunities every single day to give chesed love to someone else. Ruth demonstrated chesed in her actions and in her words. What do our words and our actions demonstrate to others? In um, verses, uh, in the end of this passage, Ruth and Naomi are arguing back and forth about whether the daughters will go with Naomi. There's this moment. And in 16 and 17, Ruth insists that she's going with Naomi. Sometimes our our chesed is insistent like Ruth's was with Naomi. There are times where um, we have, there have been times in in our years of ministry or even with a neighbor, I'm going to point a neighbor out, we'll say it this way. There have been times with neighbors where they're like, you know that they need help with something. And they're like, no, 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 it's okay. I don't want to inconvenience you. No, let me help you. No, 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 it's okay. You, you're too busy. You're so busy already. 
No, but let me stop and help you. It's insistence sometimes in being that love for people who need it. There have been moments in friendships. I remember a friend had a baby when we lived in Michigan, and I remember she lived about an hour and a half away, and she was, it was just, you know, right after you have a baby, life is kind of chaos, right? No amens from moms in here? Come on now. Is it chaos? Yeah. There, you like, especially after that first one, I don't know, I kind of felt this way after the second one too, because I was like, oh no, what have we done? Like having that moment of, oh sweet Jesus, please help me here, right? Like there's that moment of panic and that moment, and it was like, there were ladies who came alongside of me and said, I am right here with you through this. And had those ladies not come alongside of me, I'm pretty sure I'd have fallen apart. And so my friend was struggling after her baby was born and I was like, I'm coming down. I'll clean the house. I'll make dinner. I'll do whatever you need. No, no, you're so busy. I don't care. This is what friendship looks like. I tell the kids frequently, in fact, I just texted it this morning. Um, I was talking with Jason. I said, be the kind of friend that you want others to be to you. Show said love the way you desire it to be shown to you. This season of, where li- of life, we talk, talk a lot about it, but it is lonely, draining, exhausting, frustrating, and long. But you know what? One thing remains. Real life, we need each other. We need people. The whole time Jeremy was preaching last week, I, I really do focus, but I have this like weird brain in the midst of sermons. He, the whole time he's preaching last week, I'm thinking of our, of our, our mission statement of live real, know Jesus, find hope. And we've been talking about shirts and we're going to have shirts coming out here soon. And, and I've, I messaged Sarah and I'm like, oh, I just, I can picture this shirt that says live real, know Jesus, or, or real life, live real, know Jesus, find hope. And on the back, it says, I've got people. Y'all have people here. How are we demonstrating our chesed love for one another? We have people. That should be exciting. Jeremy shared about Aaron and her last week and holding the arms of Moses, another favorite of mine. They were his people. Ruth was Naomi's people. And then in, in turn, Boaz became Naomi's people. Uh, one scholar puts it this way. The word chesed describes something that happens with an existing relationship, whether between two human beings or between God and man. In human relationships, chesed implies loving our neighbor, not merely in terms of warm emotional feelings, but in acts of love and service that we owe to the other person simply because he or she is part of the covenant community. That's it. They live in proximity with you. They sit with you in church on Sunday. That's it. They're around you. We get to demonstrate chesed love every single day. From those that are the most familiar to us to those that we meet in passing, we can demonstrate chesed love. I, I shared with you that, you know, I, I bragged on my pastor for just a minute, but I see that in, in moments in a grocery store. Here's a little thing that uh, has rubbed off that Jeremy and I try to do, and that is to call people by their name. Um, I remember years ago uh, hearing a story of a, a widow who someone called her by her first name. 
and she cried because it had been so long that she had since she had been called by her name because it was her husband that called her by her name her kids and her family called her mom or called her sister or called you know they they didn't but just to hear that her name and so when we go to the store you know at the grocery store it's kind of funny sometimes you'll say thanks becky and she'll be like how do you know my name and you're like it's on your name tag it's a little thing but just you're acknowledging that person there are moments at a restaurant where we say to the waiter or waitress hey how can we're getting ready to pray for our meal how can we pray for you it's acknowledging that they're there um i have a friend who went to a conference with me one time and when we left that conference she was like i don't know how you do it and I said, do what? And she's like, you know people everywhere we go. And I said, what do you mean? And she's like, Chrissy, every room we walked into this week, you found something in common with somebody. You have a, a way of getting them to talk about where they're from, where they've grown up, where they went to school, and you find some commonality with them. She's like, you don't know a stranger. So the next year, she's like, I can't wait. She goes, I'm keeping tallies this year to see how many people you make some kind of random connection with. It's just my desire to connect with people. And some of you are like, I am not that outgoing. You do not have to be that outgoing. You demonstrate chesed love just as you are. But don't, don't just do it with your words. Let's demonstrate chesed with our actions. Stand with me. Lord Jesus, no doubt there are those of us in this room this morning who say, I desperately need some chesed love in my life. And Lord, I just pray that you would send someone into the path of each person who says, I desperately need that right now and put people in their life who can demonstrate that kind of love to them. May we be a people who are so observant of those around us that we know when they need that chesed love. May we be a people who live not just by our words, but by our actions as well. May others see you through us because of how we demonstrate your love to them. May we look for ways this week to demonstrate your love to our neighbor, to our spouse, to our kids, to our teachers, to our friends to our family members, whoever it is, God, would you put people in our path this week and would you give us that moment to where we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that is our moment to demonstrate chesed love. Give us your eyes for people, Jesus. Give us your ears for hearing the things that you hear. Give us your heart for those that are around us, God. May we love the way you love. May we live out our mission statement, and may we choose to know you, and in knowing you, may we love others. God, you are good. You are extravagant. You died for us. And we have the opportunity to share that with others. And so God, whether we are in here today, and we have known you for a long time, or we have yet to know you, May we make the choice to say, I choose to know you, and I chose, choose to know you more. 
May we never be done. May we not assume that we've reached the line. But may we recognize that it is always continuing. Growth never stops. We love you, Lord. We thank you for today. We thank you for your extravagant demonstration of chesed love. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you would like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org slash give. Thanks again for listening.